Welcome back to the Year Hired podcast, brought to you by the Bastion Family Center for Career Success at Knox College. Hi, my name is Roman. And I'm Laura Lee. And today we're with Lisa Harris. We're going to talk about free health advising and what that means at Knox College. Um, so just to begin with, Lisa, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do here at Knox? Sure. Thanks for having me. My name is Lisa Harris. I'm the director of the VOVA Center for Research and Advanced Study and Health Professions Advising at Knox. Um, And so I help students with um, lots of different things. I actually have two different roles. VOVA Center, I work with students who are interested in pursuing research or creative work outside of the classroom um, or in, in the classroom too, actually, and to help them get funding for that work. Um, And then in the health professions role, I work with students who are pre-health and considering pursuing being a doctor, a nurse, an OT, a PT, you name it. So I work with students in those capacities as well. Prior to Knox, I've worked in higher education for almost my whole career. I started off in the nonprofit sector in Washington, D.C. and worked in communications. I wrote for a nonprofit there that was committed to um, bicycling for active transportation. So I'm a big bike enthusiast. That's my, um, I guess, interest that people maybe wouldn't know about me. Um, And then I moved into education and um, got a grad degree and um, I've been in higher ed ever since. So I've worked in a couple of different colleges in Chicago um, prior to coming here, working in academic advising and academic affairs and things that probably don't mean much to college students, but um, I'm really excited to be at Knox and to be working with students here. How long have you been at Knox? Only since October of 2020. So I am brand new and been working only in the pandemic era. So (laughs) I'm very excited for things to be opening up and getting to meet students and faculty and staff in person rather than just via Zoom. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of that, um, can you talk a little bit about how maybe things have changed with pre-health advising since the beginning of the pandemic or just like working at colleges as a whole? Yeah, I think a lot of the changes that we feel on the staff and faculty side are similar to the ones that students feel. So um, doing everything virtually in the beginning was crazy. I mean, I was you know only meeting with students whether at my previous institution. So I worked at a community college outside of Chicago, and that's where I was when the pandemic hit. And I managed a big team of academic advisors. And for us to transition to only virtual advising via Zoom um, was really challenging at first. And just like it's draining to um, do classes via Zoom, it's really draining to have appointment after appointment after appointment um, on Zoom. So Adjusting to that, and and at Knox, it's been a lot of the same virtual work, but um, there are some benefits to it, and I think that, in a way, we're more productive than ever because of these virtual <laughs> uh, technologies, I guess, but I'm looking forward to a hybrid t- model going forward where we can keep some of the virtual stuff and meet students where they're at, and, and in some ways, I think it's really good, um, and in other ways, I think we really need to be in person more yeah definitely um i know i'm pre-health and all like the virtual shadowing that you guys are offering right now i think that's really cool and definitely something that i look forward to like keeping as things start to open back up again yeah and that's one of the big virtual shadowing has been one of the big wins i think at knox over the last year that 
I hope students are taking advantage of a little bit. Um, we've been interviewing Knox um, alums who are now doing amazing things all over the country. And we probably would have never done this if it wasn't for um, the pandemic. So, and just having speakers coming in from all over the country, we, we now do that and it's not a big thing. Whereas before doing it over Zoom, I don't know if any students would have really shown up to something like that, but it's the norm now. So that's a really great thing too. Yeah, so kind of switching gears a little bit, I'm also uh, pre-health and like Laura Lee, we both have like experience pre-health advising for maybe the same goal of getting into medical school, but it's a much bigger like uh, thing than that. It's not just about becoming a doctor or becoming a nurse. I was wondering if you could talk more about the variety and the diversity of fields that are sort of connected to pre-health advising. Yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of students like you two come into college thinking they want to be a doctor. And I was actually one of them. I was a biology student in my first year in college. Um, and there are a lot of reasons for that. I think doctor is one of the most uh, well-known profession in the health professions, right? And respected in the United States for sure. Um, but one of my main goals and roles as health professions advisor here at Knox is to expose students over time. It's not going to happen immediately because I just started, but to really try to expose students to so many options in the health professions. I mean, you can work in um, hospital administration with a business background. You can work in public health and work in a, uh, which has obviously a lot more, um, uh, I think, there's a lot more people who know about public health now because of the pandemic. But before, I don't think it was a profession that was really well known. You can be, um, you can have leadership roles as a nurse and go on and get your PhD and students don't know that. Occupational therapy is a really interesting profession um, where you can work with architects and, and design spaces and design playgrounds and make sure that, um, you know, children or the elderly have, um, environments that enable them to live their most full life. Um, there's just so many options across the health professions that um, that's a lot of what I want to try to do with students, especially first and second years, um, to m let students know that doctor is not the only route. And even within doctor or within um, medicine, there are different ways you can go about it. Um, I worked with a student this spring who thought he wanted to be a doctor, but he was struggling in some of his classes and just really didn't know if it was going to be the right fit for him. And we started meet, meeting every two weeks and I would give him homework and things to look up and read. And, and now he's working as a phlebotomist at OSF and really thinking he wants to go into clinical lab technician route, which can become a master's degree level job. Um, and can be super fulfilling because you can run an entire lab and supervise people. And, and so, you know, things like that, that it, you can work in medicine, you can work in the sciences, but you don't have to necessarily be a doctor, um, I think can take the pressure off of students sometimes um, and, and just open up a lot of opportunities. Um, you talked about that student who you gave like some work to, and then he decided to go another route besides doctor. Um, could you maybe talk more about like how students can explore the various health related fields? Yeah, sure. Well, the, one of the best ways is to meet with me <laughs> um, and, and just know that I'm a resource that 
students can use. Yeah, I'm always here. And actually, I'm here for pre-house students after you graduate, too. I'm working with, I work with students um, who are applying to programs as alumni because they often want, need help with the letter recommendation process. And so anyways, meeting with me is great because I can do things like I did with this one student, kind of to guide you and keep you on track and to give you resources. Um, one thing that I provide that students, I hope are checking out, but they can hear about it here if they're not. Um, I send newsletters every week or every two weeks um, with a lot of information. And usually none of it's timely. It's just or time sensitive. It's just things for students to be reading if they have time or videos to watch so that you can broaden your perspective um, and learn about other things. So that, and then any kind of opportunities you can, you can take on to just, you know, try to keep an open mind. And what I try to tell students is move towards what's interesting you, like what's proving interesting to you. So if if you're finding yourself really enjoying the research side of a class you're in, then you need to listen to that and see if you could get into doing some research outside of class and talk with the people who can help you figure out how to do that. I can help with that. Your professors can help with that. Um, everyone at Knox is so willing to help and they really want students to pursue what they love. And we just need you to start figuring it out and listen to what you are really enjoying. And then we can help put you in some different um, paths and opportunities. And with pre-health, there's so many, it's hard to, it's hard to drill it down. Shadowing helps a lot going on site and shadowing um, within a hospital or a clinic, because you can probably start ticking off the things you don't like, which is just as important as deciding what you do like. I have maybe even sort of a, broader question in terms of deciding making decisions about pre-health and that is not just if you know you want to go into pre-health and figuring out where in that spectrum of like possible careers you want to fit in but for maybe students who are teetering on the edge of whether or not they want to go into health and medicine or related things or if they're not sure and they are thinking they maybe don't want to do you have advice for students who are maybe in a position like that yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot of students at Knox are, you know, are in a position of having maybe two things or three things that they really are finding themselves drawn to. And so how do you make decisions about where to move towards? And I think um, the more things you can do to dabble in different things, the better, because you'll see if you like it. So this summer, we're offering um, these summer research projects, these small group projects. A lot of students signed up for those or applied for those. And that's great because it gives you like a, a snapshot of, do I like this? Um, going on a short study abroad trip or an immersion experience or even just doing things personally, um, you know, getting outside your comfort zone, doing things with friends that maybe you wouldn't normally do, like going on a hiking trip or um, traveling can give you just different experiences. With health professions in particular, um, I think it could it can be really impactful for students to find people that they can relate to to talk to as well. Um, informational interviews are really powerful, um, and so interviewing people or listening to interviews if you don't have someone to interview, but I can probably connect you with someone, and especially if you can find someone that 
is is relatable to you. If you're a first generation college student, talking with someone who's also a first generation college student and who is in the health professions, for example, might be a really valuable person to talk to for you. So you can start just gathering some data around, okay, this was one person's experience and journey. And this isn't going to be mine maybe, but it's interesting to just put that in the um, file for thinking about, you know, um, the way I chose my profession where I'm at now in higher ed was doing informational interviews. And I didn't really think I wanted to stay in the nonprofit world, but I had identified what I really liked about it. I really liked working with people. I really liked feeling like I was making a difference, um, writing, and I really liked working on projects and programs and like building things that then had an impact on people. And at the more I talked to different people, um, and did interviews and it was ner- nerve wracking to do that. I was only 24 trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I, it, someone su- suggested it to me, like higher education administration is very similar to the nonprofit world. And I had never heard of it. So talking with people <laughs> is oftentimes just your best way to go. And um, I think it can be scary to do that, especially when you're only in your first or second or third year of college, but it's really one of the things I would recommend the most. And I'm, I can definitely set students up with lots of people to talk to. Can you tell us why a student considering pre-health um, would benefit from connecting with you? Yeah, sure. Um, I can meet with students if, for advising appointments um, to talk with them about exploring. That's what I do with some students who are just generally interested in the health professions and they don't really know what they want to do exactly. Um, and we can meet periodically, actually, if they really want to try to narrow it down. Um, or on, on the other side of that, I meet with juniors and seniors who are actually in the process of studying for the MCAT, applying for this program, applying for that program, um, and walking them through the steps of the different program uh, application processes because they're kind of complicated. So there's that for advising. Um, I do meet with students about actual course advising too sometimes, but only in terms of the courses they would need for whatever graduate program or, you know, whatever they want to apply for. So um, I'm not going to, I'm not a major advisor. I don't, I, I want students to meet with their major advisor first and then meet with me. Um, to make sure that you're tacking on whatever prereq courses you need for, you know, physical therapy programs or something. Um, So that's on the advising side. I also um, really try to get resources out to students. So newsletters um, and emails to students. So if if students connect with me, I can get them signed up to receive those emails. Um, And then lastly, I try to put out programs Uh, about once a month, if not more, um, during the academic year with things that I think all pre-health students would be interested in or some might be, or sometimes it's really niche. I just did an occupational therapy program last night, which was very sparsely attended because we we don't have many students who are interested in OT, but it's important for students to learn about something like OT because they may not know about it. So, um, So those kinds of things. Down the road, I'd like to do even more with exploring the health professions, um, offering maybe some webinars or workshops just for like first year students to explore the health professions. But 
um, not there yet. So just lots of resources, things I can help students with. And honestly, just to be a sounding board, I'm happy just to talk with students and help them like dream and think about life and what do I want to do? Um, I love those conversations. Yeah, so. You've definitely been my sounding board, I think. Oh, <laughs> that's so nice, Roman. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. That's actually why I got into higher education, because I had someone do that for me when I was a senior. And I met with that person. She was my mentor all year. And I met with, she was just amazing. And I wanted to do that for students as well, because it really helps you have someone besides your parents and your friends um, who can help you understand yourself and your talents and what you like um, and what you're good at. So, yeah. I was wondering if maybe we could also talk about most pre-health like opportunities or careers require some degree of like uh, education after maybe undergraduate degree or at least a lot of them. So I was wondering if you could talk about maybe what makes a good applicant for all the different kinds, whether it's med school, veterinarian school, or uh, nursing school, things like that. Is there maybe a trend of things that you see that are across the board very helpful in those kinds of pre-health applicants? Yeah, I think that's a great question. In some ways, it's a hard question, but in the other, if I just think high level about it, for sure. The things that make a strong applicant are Passion, first of all, like that person really needs to want to do whatever it, whatever profession we're talking about. It needs to come across. It needs to be clear in verbal communication, written communication. That person needs to be able to talk about why I want to do this. That's probably the, the number one thing, because really that's what all of these various programs want to see. So many people have great grades. So many people do this, this and this. That's amazing. But not everyone is actually very passionate about what they're trying to do. You might think they are, or you might think that's surprising, but it's, it doesn't always come across. So passion is really important. Um, I think the other thing that's going to help you be very successful as an applicant is how organized you are and how, you, how together you are as a person. I mean, that might sound like kind of basic, but getting through like a med medical school application, for example, is no joke. It is a big process. It takes a lot of pieces, a lot of time, not to mention, you know, preparing for the MCAT and taking the MCAT. You have to be on it and you have to decide that this is what I want to do. But you also have to know that this is um, being a pre-health student in general and being a good one. Like you're talking, you're asking a question about what makes you successful. Um, it's a it's a ride. It's not a race. So I think a successful person is also one that can see the forest through the trees and can pace themselves and understand that it doesn't all have to happen today. And sort of, so sort of being able to manage anxiety, manage the stress of the process, um, whatever that process is, whether it's nursing school or whatever. Um, I think so knowing how to take care of yourself is also a really important feature I see in some students in particular that are going to go on and um, I think successfully apply to programs. Uh, earlier you mentioned how like passion is really important and demonstrating that passion and you mentioned how it's not always obvious like coming across that you are passionate about whatever you're applying for. How can students maybe demonstrate their passion for pre-health whether that's being a doctor or a nurse or anything like that? That's a great question. Well, I, I'm thinking of it right now in two ways, because 
it's it's pretty important to to be able to tell others even while you're at Knox um, why you want to do X or Y or Z, and I think that takes reflection and some self analysis in some ways to be able to talk to your professor to say I think I want to go to medical school, and so can you help me with getting a research opportunity? You know, and that professor is going to be really more invested in, in helping you with that opportunity. If you can have a brief conversation about here's why I want to be a doctor, or here's why I want to do this. And that also allows you to get to know that professor and that professor to get to know you, which down the road could really be really helpful when you're looking for a letter of recommendation. Right. So just being able to speak coherently about your passion, but your, your rationale for why you want to do this, um, even at Knox, it's going to be important. It's going to help us understand all the people who are in your sphere helping you get to where you want to go. We're going to be even more invested in you if we understand why. What's your why? You know. Um, but that's just here at Knox, and that's hard because that you're an undergraduate student, and you may not, you may not always know exactly, and that's okay. Um, but the way that you can do it when you're actually applying, when the way you can demonstrate your passion is the way that you write your personal statement in whatever it is. You're going to have a personal statement for any application you are doing in any health profession. You are going to have to um, write a personal statement. And that is going to be the, the why I want to do this. And <laughs> it's really clear um, right away on a personal statement if the student is in it because my parents kind of wanted me to do this or I think it was always you know, it's just since I was four, I've wanted to be a doctor. Well, okay, but you're 22 now. So who are you now? And, you know, you can tell really easily um, the students who are passionate for it. It's really the way you tell your story, the way that you craft the narrative about who you are. Um, and I can help with that. Your professors can help with that. The writing center can help with that. It takes a long time for anyone, not just a college. If, I mean, if I were trying to write a personal statement right now, it would be challenging. So it's challenging for anyone. It's not like anything you've ever had to do before. Um, but that's really the most important look that, you know, admission people have at you. And so the personal statement is where you can really show your passion and also just show um, how you stand apart from others. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, that's all we had to talk about today. But if there's any last things that you want to add about pre-health advising as a whole, maybe some just like last advice you have for students. Um, that would be great. Yeah. Um, I think at my advice for students at Knox who are pre-health or considering pre-health is every term, um, especially in your first and your second year, and, or maybe for sure in your first and second year, and maybe not as much later because you may not have room, but in your first and second year, every term, take a class that you love. Take something that you love, you just absolutely love, because you want to keep an open mind. You want to be open-minded. Pre-health at Knox does not mean that you have to be a biology major. It doesn't mean you have to be neuroscience. You could be Spanish. You could be German. You could do whatever. And I can help you take the classes you need to get into medical school or whatever. Um, you just have to take prerequisite classes alongside your major. And student, you'd be surprised. Students don't really understand that even into like their junior year. So you can major in whatever you want to major in. And that's really important. That's going to make you successful at Knox if you love what you're doing. Um, 
do that. Find something else you love. Find something off campus or um, extracurricular that gives you joy. Um, and then meet with me. <laughs> That's the other thing I would say. Meet with me and read my emails, or at least some of them, um, so that you can get connected to pre-health programs, workshops, sessions. Uh, we're going to be doing even more next year since we'll be in person. So um, don't be a stranger. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Feel free to get in touch with Lisa Harris at lkharris at knox.edu. Thank you for listening.